1: Hi everyone, and welcome to the Docs of Running podcast, where we, a group of doctors, of physical therapy, discuss the art and science of running and the stuff that we put on our feet. Today we have a special two-part episode where first we're going to go talk to Dr. David Salas. He's going to walk through creating a shoe rotation and what considerations you might make depending on your goals. Then we're going to go talk to Matt, and he's giving us an in-depth review of a unique shoe in the Prime X Two, which has a lot of differences between that and the first version in terms of how it can work for a runner. And so we're excited to kick it over to Dr. David Salas to get started. And today the topic will be shoe rotations and how to build them. So when we take a look at a shoe rotation and what that is, it's essentially in the name, but It is a rotation of shoes that we put on our feet. We always say that shoes are tools and that they can be used for different tasks. And so when we break up a shoe rotation, uh, we can set them up for however we want to use these tools. And going forward with that, how many shoes go into a rotation? What are the purpose of each shoes? There's just so much out there now that it's very hard from the consumer standpoint to pick the shoes, let alone have multiple and know what to do with each one of them and so I wanted to break that down a little bit today and really go through what shoe rotations could look like both in the road running and in the trail running sphere mostly in the road running I'm not on the trails as much but we will go through it I did take the time to write down a couple of things here on a whiteboard and we will start going through it so for road running I broke it down into two, three, and four plus as far as shoe rotations go. And when we are taking a look at a shoe rotation for only two shoes that you get to choose from, essentially broke it down into one shoe that's going to be your workhorse shoe. It's going to be your daily running, easy running, potentially long run shoe as well. And then one performance shoe, essentially. And that performance shoe doesn't necessarily have to be a super shoe that we're seeing, but just something that you can turn over a little bit, you feel comfortable running a little bit faster in. And essentially that shoe would most likely be your racing shoe as well, because you would have the difference between your primary training shoe and then your go fast shoe. And so some examples for that, when we take a look at training shoes, one that comes to mind frequently for myself is the Saucony Ride 16, neutral platform, Not a whole lot of bells and whistles. Simple, gets the job done. It's a workhorse shoe. It's one of my favorite shoes of the year so far. It's kind of like the old reliable that I can continue just logging miles in. And so usually with that daily running uh, workhorse mileage shoe, I'm not as concerned about weight per se. Another shoe that I've been really digging is the Hoka Stinson 7. 7. And this is a shoe that has some appeal in a two shoe rotation as well, because even though it's on the heavier side, this could be an easy day shoe. It can be a long run shoe. It can be a little bit of a trail running shoe as well. So it kind of checks all of those boxes. And when we look at that second shoe on the rotation, that can be something that can go a little bit quicker that you're comfortable with. Now, like I said, it doesn't have to be a super shoe. It can be a what a lot of people call a training companion or a shoe that accompanies a performance or racing shoe. And so some of those shoes that could be listed here, I'm just looking around, is a shoe like the Hoka Mach X. Lightweight, it's plated, it's a hybrid midsole between p and EVA. And just a nice ride that is lightweight, it's responsive enough to get the job done for most things it'll check most of your boxes. Another shoe that fits in that category pretty well would be the Adidas Boston 12. You can do daily training miles in it. You can do long runs. You can pick up the pace a little bit and you can pretty much rely on it for almost any racing distance. Now, would I choose it for a 5K or 10K? No, I wouldn't. Um, but in a two-shoe rotation, if it's you just want something a little bit more snappy and lively, and you aren't as concerned about time or what is out there in the world for like a super shoe or a racing specific shoe, this is a shoe that can check those boxes. So essentially having one shoe that's for easy running, comfortable running, and then another shoe that helps you pick up the pace a little bit. And that can also be flip-flop. So with some of these training companion shoes, you can also use them as a daily training option. So a shoe like the Boston 12 has plenty of durability, To function as a daily trainer. And for those that are comfortable with that and like a little bit of a more forward, slightly aggressive ride, a little bit more bounce to the forefoot, this could easily be a daily trainer for somebody. And that can also be the case for a shoe like the Hoka Mach X, another shoe that has a lot of versatility to it that you can do daily miles in, you can do speedy miles in is a shoe like the Topo Cyclone Two That could be another option in that versatile Swiss Army Knife type category. So for those that like a shoe that can do a little bit of everything and they wanna use a shoe that is a training companion as their primary daily trainer, that is an option too. And so that's where shoes like I just listed, shoes like the Saucony Endorphin Speed Three, those types of shoes really shine in that category. And then using that other shoe being your racing shoe. And so, just a couple of quick examples of things that are out there. I'm sure everybody knows the Nike Vaporfly Next% 3. We've got shoes like the Saucony Endorphin Elite. Shoes like the On Cloud Boom Echo 3. And if you're not into the longer distances and you like something a little bit shorter, shoes like the Adidas Takumi Sen 9. So, in a two-shoe lineup, you could actually have a couple variances in how you design that rotation. It's crazy when you look at it and it's like, okay, so you have to only have one and you only have to have two. When you add one more shoe to that rotation, that does drastically change your options. And so when we take a look at a three shoe rotation, that is usually when I start to break it up. For me personally, I will look at my daily running shoe That's going to be, again, that workhorse for me. The Ride 16, the Stinson 7, the Topo Cyclone 3 was another great daily training offering. And then I would look, if I only had two other shoes, I would break it up in one of two ways. One would be the daily running shoe as the one spot. The two spot would be the training companion, so the Boston 12, the Cyclone 2, the... Uh, Mach X, any kind of lightweight performance esque type shoe, but not the shoe that I'm going to race in. And then ultimately my racing shoe. And that racing shoe would probably accompany a multitude of distances. So something like the Vaporfly would probably be a pretty nice option for that, or the Cloud Boom Echo 3. Um, The other way of doing that is having a training companion or a lightweight ish trainer as the option number one, and then option number two being a go fast shoe for shorter distances. So we're talking, let's say 10 to 15 K and down, and then we have like our half marathon up go fast shoes. And so you can have whatever it is that you like to have as your training shoe. And then for me, like the, the shorter distance shoes would be something that I'm using on the track or shorter interval days on the road. That would look like something like the Adidas Takumi Sen 9, the Topo Cyclone 2, and anything that's kind of shorter at New Balance, Fuel Cell, uh, SC Pacer, that's another really solid option for that. And then my third option being that longer distance racing shoe. And so that, again, would be like the Vaporfly, Cloud Boom 3, Endorphin Elite. And just choosing between those two because some of those shoes for those longer distances I don't necessarily like as much for the shorter distances. Um the Cloud with Mecho 3 and Vaporfly 3 are probably the more versatile of the bunch where I feel like I can run five K, 10K and also run Marathon, Half Marathon. Um, whereas the endorphin elite for me personally is more specifically half marathon up. So really taking a look at the use that you want to use the shoes for and then divvying up the uses accordingly. Another potential option if we're not looking at performance or going as fast as we can in certain distances is having, let's say, a daily running shoe, that normal trainer that just gets the job done Having a trail running shoe, especially if you run in a lot of varied terrain and you want to really get out there and you want to just have something a little bit more sturdy on your foot. And then just having something that's a lightweight trainer as the next option or kind of your speedy training companion type shoe that was similar to that two shoe rotation in the beginning. So the couple of different ways to play with three shoe rotations, this is assuming that you're not running cross country or track meets as well. Um, if you are doing cross country and track, then normally I would probably say have your daily trainer. You could even do workouts in your daily trainer. I did that for a long time, but you can have a daily trainer, a workout shoe, race shoe, and just go from there. So it's basically be your daily training, some kind of a training companion or long distance racing flat. The water is very muddy now. And then having a pair of spikes or flats to go with what you're racing in. So that would be the three-shoe option for that. Going into the four-plus options, now this is kind of a fun one because this is—I'm fortunate, being with Doctors of Running, that we do get to test so many shoes, so acknowledging that there are more options uh, that we have readily available and— looking at it, my normal rotation, give or take, is about four to five shoes. And what that would look like is one as my daily workhorse trainer. So that's the majority of our testing. That's the majority of my miles, just easy running. And that would be my shoes like the Ride 16, the Topo Phantom 3, the Hoka Stinson 7, those kinds of shoes where I'm just getting miles in. And so that's number one, that's got to be there. And then I like to have... Being on the track once a week or doing shorter intervals, I like to have something a little bit snappier, moderate stack height or lower to the ground. For me, the Topo Cyclone Two and the Adidas Takumi Sen Nine were great for that. Those are two of my just work hor- or uh, workout you know shoes that I use all of the time for that purpose. Uh, same with the New Balance SC Pacer. Then having a long distance tempo shoe. And that would be like the Boston 12, or just something that's a little bit, even the ASIC Super Blast could probably fall into that category. Uh, really, any training companion out there, Hokomok X, I've done 10 plus mile tempos in that shoe. So, I usually have like the long tempo and kind of lightweight trainer, long run shoe, they all kind of blend together. So, that would be like my number three. And then the other option would be ultimately my racing shoe. And so I try to save miles off of my racing shoes. I try not to use them too often. Um, With that said, I'll use them for races. And then as we get closer to races, I'll start using them for that intended purpose. So if I have a workout that's pretty close to race pace or what we're expecting to feel, then I may put them on. And so that, it just varies by the distance. Uh, but usually these days I'm running more longer road races. So I will use it for that purpose. Now, if we don't care about having the short and the long distance shoes separated, another way we can divvy this up, and we did this a little bit with the three-shoe rotation, is so you could just add a trail shoe option or a uh, something that has a little bit more versatility for you. And so you can have let's say your normal daily training shoe, that can be a moderate stack height, just get, this, get the work done, you know, type of shoe. And then you can have a recovery day shoe if you're really feeling beat up and you want, let's say a rockered profile and something to just kind of give you a little bit of help as you're going through, that's another option for a lot of people that they like where they don't like it every day, but it's something they can reach for when they are feeling that way. Then having a trail shoe option, something that is a little bit more sturdy that you can take out into varying terrain and know that you can trust it for those options, and then just having something that's kind of a fun shoe. And so that can that can look like anything. That can be a racing flat. That can be a lightweight training companion. That can whatever makes you excited and have some fun. Um So those would be kind of the four shoe options going down the line, looking at what that would, what that would essentially be on that rotation. And so taking a look now at trail running, I don't go on the trails quite as much, but we're gonna go down a very similar pathway here. And looking at a two shoe rotation on the trails, I would, it would be very similar to the road running component, and it would be the shoe that I like to do my daily miles and just something that's reliable and gets the job done. One shoe that comes to mind for me is the Brooks Cascadia 17. I joke, I say it's boring in the best way. It has a relatively natural transition, it feels pretty stable underfoot. I can take it pretty much wherever I want to take it. Is it a little bit heavier and not as responsive as some of the other shoes out there? Sure, but it gets the job done, and it's something that you can just keep running in over and over and over again and beat it into the ground. So that would be the daily training option for the trails if you're pretty exclusive to the trail area. Then the other option would be essentially the the fun shoe, and that would be whether or not you're competing or pushing the pace or trying to run, whatever, whether it's 25Ks, 10K trail, 50k trail 100k trail you kind of pick your distance of what you're trying to accomplish and then get a shoe that fits that profile for what you need and so some of the shoes that could fall into that category when we look at that i had to grab it so when we take a look at 25k down and granted this is relative if you are used to running in these types of shoes and you want to go farther you can you can go farther. No one's stopping you. But traditionally, when I think 25K down, I think of shoes like the Hoka Torrent. I don't have one right next to me, but uh, Hoka Tecton X, this is the second version of that shoe. If I'm thinking about going longer, we've got shoes like the Nike Ultrafly now and the Saucony Endorphin Edge. So a little bit more of newer generation options, one having Zoom X, one having Power Run PB, both having carbon plates. Well, the, this one has a Vibramautzel, the Nike UltraFly, and then Power Track on the endorphin edge. So that would essentially be the two-shoe rotation for trail running. When we take a look at a three-shoe rotation, I think it still parallels the road running scene a little bit. You have your old reliable at number one. The shoe that you're just going to log a lot of miles in. You can be going on a three-mile trail run. You can be going on a 20-mile trail run if it's just easy logging miles that's your shoe. Then I think where we expand from there is having those fun options become a short and a long distance. That's one way to break it up. Another one is going by instances, so you can have, or terrain, you can have your more runnable trail option, uh, and then you can have your technical terrain option that would be something where it's like, okay, I have my daily. This is like if things really are bad and I'm running through a lot of rocks and boulders and really needing to watch myself, a secure shoe, and then kind of having a more fun, nimble, uh, more runnable trail-type running shoe. The other option when looking at trail running is setting it up by distances. So you can have the daily training shoe. You can have a speedy 25K and then a speedy ultra that is similar to what i said earlier but that essentially is choosing a lane for each shoe having a purpose for it and then moving into it another one looking at usage is actually having the option for a waterproof upper or shoes that need gaiters or things like that that you have attachments for so if you're doing a lot of creek crossings you're running in an area that has a lot of rain and you're concerned about your feet getting very damp and wet you can use a waterproof shoe as well and put that in there. And so you can have, let's say, a Gore-Tex uppered trail shoe in there that works for your mechanics. Another way of doing it too is having that all-terrain option. So you can have a all-terrain shoe, like the Stinson 7, uh, or a shoe that just runs okay on the road that kind of passes. I think the Ultrafly also does really well on the road. but having that shoe that you can, if you know you're going to be going on and off of roads and trails pretty frequently, that is something that you can also incorporate. So having an all-terrain shoe, trail-specific shoe, and then a race and or condition-specific shoe. So a lot of different ways to build a shoe rotation. When we take a look at four shoes or more, sky is kind of the limit. You, know, you can just kind of have some fun there. And so having an all-terrain shoe a weather-dependent shoe, a performance shoe, and then potentially a road-running shoe because most people have a road shoe uh, in their lineup as well Uh, because not all of their miles are going to be on trails. So that's taking a look at rotations and having a road option and then a trail option. When we look at rotations as a whole, I don't have any set rule. I think it's just good to have some variability in what you're putting on your feet and having the body adapt to a couple of different stimuli. If it's the same type of stimuli over and over and over again, the chance for repetitive stress injuries can go up. And so that's something to look out for. And it's one of the things that we have seen with having a shoe rotation that can help change the stresses on the body and potentially decrease some injury risk. So. Not that everyone has to have this three to four shoe or four plus shoe rotation, but it is good to have a couple of different shoes in the arsenal to use for different activities or different uh, races that you have planned. And so another thing that I would like to bring up, too, is I've been speaking a lot about racing and shoe rotations in perspective to performance, but this can also be a rotation for leisure leisurely and recreational activity as well so if you have a trail shoe or a road walking shoe that you like there can definitely be room in those rotations as well for something that you just feel comfortable lounging and moving around in for a lot of people they have an everyday shoe that they just kind of walk in run in go to work in And that's totally fine. And so just kind of finding the lane that you want the shoe to fit in and then just using it for the purposes that you allocate it for. And that will not only help with prolonging the life of some of the shoes, but it might also help with keeping injury risk down in the long run. So we would love to hear what everybody thinks about shoe rotations, where they feel they fall in shoe rotations. How many shoes do you have in your rotation? I should have said that at the beginning of the episode, but that will be our subjective for today, is how many shoes do you have in your rotation? What are the shoes in your rotation? And what are things you look for when developing your shoe rotation? All right, have a good evening, y'all.
0: Hey everyone, Matt here from Docs Running, and today we're gonna do a little extended review and analysis of the Adidas PrimeX Strung Two. So, PrimeX Strung One was definitely an interesting shoe with the PrimeX. It was crazy stack height, fifty millimeters in the heel, really unstable, kind of terrifying to run in, but still amazing that they could make a shoe this tall and have such a fairly lightweight. My my size ten was nine point eight ounces. Um, is nine point eight ounces. The specs for that back in the day was 8.7 ounces is what I saw one source. This is before Adidas was sending us a lot of stuff, so I had to kind of find my own stuff. Um, It was just a crazy shoe, and it worked really well for some people. Some people really enjoyed this shoe. There's a lot of people that race in it. It was basically a higher stack height Adios Pro 2 that just had that same bounce, and it was really interesting but just not stable. The PrimeX Strong, I've been fascinated by since I saw photos of it, and I was super excited. And I was so excited to find out when Adidas was sending us a few pairs of these, and I'm very thankful for that and do appreciate and do notice. Again, these were sent to us for review uh, without any kind of compensation. We send out all our own thoughts, as always, and do not prep people for what we're going to say. Um, and that definitely goes for this video. So, what I want to talk about today is how this shoe is different and some of the really interesting mechanisms of stability and biomechanics, but also things that I don't understand, right? I'm going to talk about some gaps from going, Hey, this is really cool. I don't know how this works. I just, these are questions I have that maybe some of you as engineers, as biomechanics, somebody might have the answer. I'm really curious. Please put it in the chat, um, or the comment section, but cause I'm curious, I'm trying to learn along with you. So let's Talk about this. I have 30 miles on my pair right now. I'm going to try to get to 100 miles to get a full review on this stuff. Um, and we'll hopefully have a written review out really soon, if not already by the time this video comes out. But spec-wise, again, this is – it's a different shoe. These – the the strong 2 and the strong 1 are not the same shoe. They are different in so many ways, not just spec wise, but also how they feel, how they run. And that's really what I want to get across to you is not only those of you that are running in the shoes, so this is a little comparison review running in the original PrimeX uh strong, but also those that are just interested in shoes to kind of go, Hey, what is this? Is it safe? Is it something I can run in and who might it work for? So I want to talk about that because it is working really well for me and This one was terrifying and didn't work as well, so I just want to dive into what's going on here, especially from a stability standpoint because that's what one of the things that we at Dr. Donors tend to talk about a little bit more than other reviewers. So if you want like the nitty-gritty, you know, like all the kind of stuff that you typically get from a review site, this may not be really heavy on that. It's going to be more heavy on some kind of geeky stuff, so I appreciate if you just hang out for this. This is just my thoughts. So this is a super trainer, is the best way I can describe this. Spec-wise, uh Adidas has this shoe at 10.4 ounces for men's size. I think it's nine, I think. Um uh nine point nine ounces for women's size eight. There is 50 millimeters in the heel, 43 and a half in the forefoot for a six and a half millimeter drop. So very similar to what the Adios Pro uh moved into uh Adios Pro 3 moved into very kind of similar like outsole like the same kind of outsole setup. Um it is meant, like I said, they kind of call it like a distance super racer, a legal racer. Again, because the stack height goes above what's legal for World Athletics Association. For those of us who are not professional athletes, it's gonna be fine. Uh from what I understand, people were running triathlons and somebody ran a 230 in this, which actually doesn't surprise me and I'll talk about why in just a second. But the whole shoe is totally different. It is an insanely tall stack height shoe that is surprisingly stable, which I am still wrapping my head around. That's what I want to talk about. But it, yeah, it's a super trainer. It's insanely tall off the ground, but it doesn't have the same crazy feel as some of the other super shoes, at least initially to me, like the instability of the previous one. So let's dive in. I'm going to do the same way I do reviews. Let's talk about the fit first, so kind of some of the not as exciting stuff. We'll talk about ride ride. We'll talk about biomechanics and stability last because that's where we're gonna get the meat and potatoes, which I really want to talk about. So fit-wise, this one actually fits true to size. The previous one fit the previous two kind of fit slightly long for me. This one fits really true to size. The upper, the strung upper is more flexible than previous. There is not a separate tongue. It's now integrated. And I do need to make sure that this flips up because when I put it on, it does tend to flip down. It's really hard to get on. If you have a normal to high volume foot, this is hard to get on. Once you get it on, it's like a sock. It's softer. Do not wear this sockless. I tried that. Um, the, the strung material is pretty scratchy so make sure you wear at least thin socks or normal width socks there's no heel counters that work super well for someone like myself that's got a sensitive heel but it sits really low against the foot and honestly i put it on i'm like this is kind of tight i don't know what to think about this, and then you run, it's like a sock, and you forget about it, I did get a little heel slippage here, so I did have to lace lock this, which fortunately worked perfect, right, kind of the first time I have to lace lock a shoe, and thank goodness Adidas added some additional laces back here, so that really fixed the fit, I haven't had any major slippage, I wouldn't try to take a a turn really quick in this, but it's way better than the previous version, so fit True to size, finally, flexible upper that does lock you down if you lock yourself down. So, yeah, nothing too crazy about that other than having a really sock-like upper and no separate tongue. The midsole is where things get more interesting. So, the previous version, the midsole was super bouncy and not soft but really bouncy like the Adios Pro 2. This version, it's not as bouncy unless you're running faster or putting a lot more force to the ground what I'm just running in this snake, and normally I was like this kind of feels almost like a normal soul like almost like the Boston but just taller and broader and more stable um and I was like that's really interesting so I've taken it on several easy runs a long run which is a little bit up tempo and a longer threshold slash tempo effort and i really was starting that threshold effort going this is not going to go that well i'll stay around 650 pace which is where i am right now i'm getting back into shape um and it started to cut down i was doing this on a hilly course and all of a sudden i was running like 620s which was my tempo pace and i'm like i'm running 620s in a 11 and a half ounce shoe which by the way is how much my size 10 weighs so 11 and a half ounces and I'm like uh that's interesting and it actually felt pretty decent so easy runs up Temple runs and then like marathon pace runs actually feel really good in this shoe it is a little it doesn't feel as unnatural as something like the original Primex strong because this is light enough where it's like whoa like th- this should not Feel this bouncy and this light, but it does. This one felt more grounded. Probably not the right word, but it just feels kind of more relatively natural because it's not as bouncy. But when you start putting force on the ground, if you have this much Lightstrike Pro, you're gonna get some bounce, and it actually feels pretty good. Super smooth ride. Again, for me, this is very similar to the Audios Pro Two, and um, it it the bevel works really, really well. I'll talk stability there. And then it doesn't feel as stiff through the forefoot. So there's now two carbon fiber rods instead of, or sorry, plates, I'm sorry, instead of the rods and plates that you saw in the previous versions, it just feels a little more natural and it's got a little wider base. So it just, it, it rolls much nicer for me. And I think that's also because this to me fits a little more true to size than the other ones, which this feels slightly long. So it feels like kind of like Hitting the end of the shoe. So that's why it felt a lot smoother to me. Nathan mentioned it felt super stiff to him. So I'm super curious to get his review on this stuff. But from a ride perspective, yeah, it it's a it's a super tall shoe that that can get into kind of longer workout paces. It's a phenomenal long run shoe for sure. It can handle some easy paces, but it doesn't feel as crazy unless you're like me who wore zero shoes all day while teaching and then came and then went and ran in this. And I was like, whoa, that was a little weird. But that side of that easy paces don't feel crazy. Like a lot of super shoes do. And I think that's partially because of the weight and maybe a couple other things, but yeah, it just feels good. So if you want a long run shoe that can handle up-tempo work, if you want just a super tall shoe that can handle a little faster efforts, this is going to be solid choice you just have to know it's 300 bucks it's very expensive uh it's been durable i did 30 miles nowhere at all so i will take this as far as it will go as far as the super blast did which i have 200 miles on that one and that has i still have not worth the outsole so definitely worth the money on that one but we'll have to see with this the other thing i want to talk about is combination of ride and stability this shoe is so different from the Prime Mix Strong 1 because this, you see how narrow the sole is, especially the midfoot. It was like, I was, I had to feel like I had to work so hard at anything but up-tempo paces because of how it felt unstable and wobbly. This doesn't feel wobbly at all. Super wide base, even through the midfoot. The forefoot is super wide here. The other components that I haven't seen mentioned at all, but I can definitely feel, so... Like the Audios Pro 2, this lateral bevel is so intense, it almost creates a wedge. So this is flat. If you land back here, the midsole is cut. So for those who need medial stability, this actually might work really well for you, which is why I was like, why the heck is this working so well for Mechanics? I need some stability medially. It works well. If you have some lateral stability issues, this might not work as well because you're at the heel because you're getting pushed this direction. So for me, it works really well for other for lateral stability might not work well. So people that really like the Adios Pro 2 and the heel, this might work really well. It is way more stable though than that shoe. Um, once I got to the midfoot, again, it didn't bother me. And there is pretty solid. And I, it, uh, this this Pro Foam feels a little stiffer than the last version, at least here. And I'll talk about that in a second. The sidewalls actually work really well and they kind of go mildly from the heel to the midfoot. So plus the wedge feeling, it's actually got some medial stability. And the final piece about this is there's this extra bit of material here that's not on the lateral side that further raises the medial side. So if you kind of need a little medial wedge, this surprisingly might work really, really well for you. And that's something I was very surprised about. So just know if you have lateral stability issues, this might not be the best option for you until you get to the forefoot. If you need that in the heel, this actually is going to work really well. So like a borderline stability shoe based on how this is being set up, even with the tall stack height. So just be aware of that. You know, you've also got the – it's very, very stiff. Nathan was right. It is a really stiff shoe, especially the midfoot. So if you need that, it's going to make it really stable. This didn't work as well, at least for me, because the stiffness and the platform was so narrow, it couldn't compensate for that. This being – the platform being so wide actually works really, really well. So I'm very impressed, and it's going to work again really well for those that need medial stuff, not maybe so good for lateral – and that actually continues into the forefoot where I was looking at this going, wow, this feels really great to toe off from. Like it almost feels too good for me because I also need a little forefoot stability on the medial side. And I was like, hmm. So as I was looking at this, again, very different shoes between the two of these where you don't have a lot of soul flare in the Prime X1. In the Prime X2, you got a lot going on to the medial side. And I might be crazy, but it almost looks like the forefoot rocker actually goes a little bit lateral and not as much medial. So when I'm trying to roll this on the ground, it's much easier to go off lateral as I tow off through this. Like as I'm just like playing with it on the ground as it is to go medial. So I kind of suspect there's a little bit more built up on the medial side, um, at least from how from a guidance perspective, you're getting guided a little laterally. So if you have trouble going too far this way. This might be a little problem. If you need some a little bit of subtle forefoot stability just from a little guided, like a little more material on the medial side, this is actually going to work really well. So I did not expect this. I was expecting to go, this is going to be a cool shoe. I'm glad Adidas is sending this to us, but I'm probably going to die wearing this. And then I've worn it and I'm like, holy moly, this actually feels really good as somebody who needs a little medial stability. And again, a warning for those that don't need that, this might be an issue. So... For those of us that need stability or have neutral mechanics, maybe it's going to be good. Those go to lateral. We'll have to see. So that's what was most surprising. You've got – just summarize what feels like that medial – like the lateral wedge here or medial wedge where it's pushed up. you got the extra material here from this little band um, that you're sitting – Again, in this position where the foot's inverted, the heel is inverted a little bit. If you land there, even at the forefoot, you're kind of getting a little bit more lateral guidance through there. So again, a lot of surprising medial stability, not aggressive in a post kind of way, adding the stiffness, but... It works really well. So if that's especially something that you tend to fatigue with, which I again notice on long runs, I'm like, why am I not feeling as bad? I haven't done many long runs and getting up into that mileage. I'm like, I'm feeling good. Why is this? So just super different and super interesting to me about how this is going. The last thing I'm really interested in, um, is the fact that there are three foams three versions of of Lightstrike Pro here. And they didn't do a great job of talking about this. They just kind of subtly mentioned this. But three layers and here you got the top layer is your classic Audios Pro fo- or your not Audios Pro. Your your Lightstrike Pro here. The the bottom layer is pretty classic Lightstrike Pro, but then you have this middle layer that they didn't talk about that is super soft. And there's apparently another wedge of it in the heel and centrally in the heel as well, which also might be again when you have Even with Lightstrike Pro, if you have a softer midsole in the center with firmer foam around it, that's actually really great guidance-wise because you're going to sink in rather than going lateral medial. So another piece there. This is very soft. And I'm really curious about this density of Lightstrike Pro and if we're going to see this more in other shoes because it's totally different. It's the softest variation that I have felt of any of these and it actually feels really good to land farther forward because you get just a little bit more bounce off the forefoot than the heel maybe it's just the amount of foam that's yet a little less of this in the heel compared to up front but i'm just it's so soft and i i asked Socony about this I remember having a conversation but i'm sure cute super cute is biomechanically and engineering wise how three foams of different densities interact when you land right how does the shoe interact And then how does your body interact with that? Because I'm trying to go, well, we know a lot of the super shoes out there have two densities of foams, like a top layer and a bottom layer. It's the same material, just different densities. And, you know, a a single layer of that versus two layers, I'm really curious because I don't know the answer. But the inner part, like having a centralized super soft between two slightly firmer, this is not firm, by the way, but two slightly firmer versions. I'm just curious how your body reacts to that. So I don't know. Um... It's a really solid shoe, but it's different. In summary of this, this is no longer the super racing shoe that are the the crazy, super illegal racing shoe that this was. I don't think anybody's going to be running a 209, like two, what was it? 209, 211 in this, like they were in this. But I think a lot of people are going to be having some excellent long runs and, it's it's more of a training shoe now than it is racing. It can handle workouts. Like I said, marathon efforts, longer up tempo efforts are phenomenal in this shoe, but it's now more versatile into the slower efforts where it feels comfortable doing easy runs. This did not feel good doing easy runs. This one did. I don't even know why they call this the Primick Strung 2. They probably should have called this a different shoe outside of the strung upper because. I like, could not other than some of the specs, they couldn't be more different. Um, it does make it more usable for someone like me, but you're gonna you're gonna lose some of that faster bounce that the original versions had. So if you like that, great. If you didn't like that and you're like disappointed, it felt too unstable, like you're gonna die in it. And you got some cash, this might be an interesting option and is really reframe my mind on what like how abnormal some of these shoes can feel. Um, when they start getting these stack heights. So I got to give Adidas credit. They've made a lot of changes. There are some things. There's a lot of things to this shoe. That's going to really polarize people. Some people are going to like me are probably going to really love it. Other people are going to hate it because it's going to be so different and not have the same feel that the original two versions have. And if you don't like that, go find these on sale, right? It's 300 bucks on sale. That's a great deal. And um, yeah, so I'm trying to figure out whether I want to comment on durability. I have 30 miles on this shoe and 30 miles on this one. The outsoles look great. I have heard some people rip off this small piece uh, on these ones. I'm not worried about this. Like that, My Audios Pro 3 lasted really well for me. uh, For me, right? Um, So I'm expecting to get a lot of miles. But I will get back to you on the durability of this. I'm going to keep training on it. I'm going to get 100 miles pretty quick. But I'm just really curious to see... Not only where they keep going, but how this shoe changes over time. So again, appreciate listening to me kind of ramble. I, I hope there's something you maybe learn something. You're like, oh, maybe that's a shoe for me, or it's not a shoe for me based on some of the biases in the sole. Um, but also please let me know what you think. What do you think happens when you have multiple densities of foams and you land, right? How do you think the shoe shoe reacts to that in terms of biomechanically how do you think your body might react to it? and obviously the answer is it depends on the person but i'm just super curious to know what you think and what you think of this shoe are you excited for it are you terrified of it like i was originally are you interested in it is it something on your bucket list is it not against 300 bucks that's really expensive but yeah time will tell like the super blast if it's worth it so i will get back to you on whether it's worth it or not and get tons of miles in this For right now that's my thoughts on the adidas primex strung 2 we will have a written review out that's going to be a little less um all over the place like this one was because i appreciate you just listening to my thoughts but we'll get the full written review out we'll get some updates on it and we'll get some reviews from nathan and andrea who also have this so stay tuned you'll find us on all the social media sites as usual bach is a a social media wizard that does a great job of getting information out there and adding his own we really appreciate you listening as always we hope this is helpful and hope you learned something or at least made you think a little bit